0: Susan Finch here with All Volunteer All Heart from Binky Patrol and a question I get asked by many of our chapter leaders and by other organizations is how do you get more volunteers? Well it depends on the opportunities that you have. If you have something that has to be done on site like a soup kitchen or cleanup project that might be more difficult not quite as flexible but it's still possible. Sometimes you have to be flexible and creative maybe coming up with specific opportunities For larger groups, younger groups. Those that can't always get to where you want them to be, what else can they do? For Binky Patrol, we're a great organization for younger volunteers because what we do is easy and it's really fun with friends. In the past, we've gained a lot of volunteers through annual events. Early on, St. Anne's School in Elisa Viejo, California, it's a private Christian school for pre-K through, I think, sixth grade and they asked the parents how many so, And they were surprised, there were like five or six, but they asked the grandparents too, or the parents asked their parents. We ended up with a team of around 15 people who brought their machines for our special Binky Patrol blanket making day. The kids were so excited to have a day to be the little pre-Ks with the older kids and doing something to help kids like them in the community. So we needed something that the little kids could do easily. So we decided to put out some tables, you know, just some basic folding tables. We were lucky, it was good weather outside. We covered it in butcher paper, and then we taped down with just masking tape or that blue, you know, painter's tape, eight by eight squares that we cut ahead of time from old sheets. People donated some old sheets from a hotel, and we cut those up because they were good cotton squares. Then we had somebody else donate, thank goodness, because Sharpies are expensive and so are fabric markers. But we had enough markers for the tables and all these squares were taped down so that when we took them off, there'd be a blank border that we could later sew together to make our blanket tops. So the kids were very excited to make these positive messages. We gave them some guidelines and I will admit, a few did not make it into blankets. Oh my goodness, they were creative little kids, that's for sure. But the older ones wanted to do it too, so every student got to make two. It was so much fun. And some students learned to sew on a machine that day of different ages. We had pattern fabric to alternate and we also had that (laughs) pre-cut, that's the key. Be prepared, have everything as ready to go as possible. So that allows more time for the actual event rather than people waiting around as you're getting stuff ready for them to do. So we had all the squares pre-cut. We had a few different color schemes going, and we gave every sewing machine parent or grandparent, they had a certain color scheme they were working on. And so we were trying to coordinate, however those drawings ended up, what went best with the fabric, and then we gave it to that parent. And they alternated and just sewed pattern drawing, pattern drawing. And we had these beautiful blankets and they looked like stained glass windows when they were done. The sun would shine through them on the chain link fence. We hung them out toward the parking lot so all the parents coming for parent pickup could see all the work that was done. And the kids were so proud of it. They were so happy to show, that's my square. Look at that one, look what my friend did. They were so happy to look at the work of everybody so, several parents also volunteered to help us finish the quilts with batting and backing. And when they were all done, it was one more event at the school. Got the community involved again. The parents were invited to come. And we brought all the blankets to display and invited representatives, Olive Crest Home for Children and Human Options Battered Women's Shelter. They told the students in an assembly about their organization, of course, you know, in terms that were appropriate for that age. But they let them know how the blankets that they made would help kids like them. And the children were so proud of what they did. And the parents loved that they got to help as well. And they held this event every year for a few years um, until I think the principal changed or something. I can't remember what led to that one ending. So... Another opportunity, depending on your organization and what you can do, team up with a regional office of Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts or Campfire, whatever the kid group organizations are that all have local troops or chapters or branches, and they can participate then from their local. So if you speak, we were lucky. We got connected with the regional office for the Orange County Girl Scouts. That's 1,100 troops crazy. So we would go, that'd be Carolyn Barent and I, you've heard her on some other episodes. We would go and talk to the Girl Scouts, tell them what we were doing at their meeting. Those regional people would take it back to their local regional chapter meetings, tell all the troop leaders, and the troop leaders would decide if they wanted to bring it in. And they did. As a big regional group, they said, this is what we're going to do as a group. And we're going to have a special day. You know, you have three months to make blankets and then we're going to have a drop-off day. And it was absolutely, I I can't even describe what it looked like to see all these vans and trucks and people pulling up, dropping blankets. We had tables and tables and stacks and we couldn't even keep up. We had 30 people helping us bag all these blankets for the day. And it was the most beautiful, colorful thing. The kids were so thrilled to get to make them. And they did the tied kind. They sewed, some learned to crochet. They got their patches before doing all these new skills. It was just beautiful. They did this for four years until the leadership rotation, wrote, you know, until they rotated out, they picked a new project. And that's okay. You know, it's good for the kids to all get to know different types of community projects. Maybe it'd be yours. Maybe there would have been a gardening project with seedlings or something that could have been planted. Drop them all off and the, or they could all go to the local forest and help you plant them all. In Oregon, that's the kind of stuff what we would be doing. We're always planting trees and things. So think about your organization. What can you offer as an opportunity for kids to get involved and to know what your mission is and to help you and to feel that sense of pride that, gosh, I made a difference. I helped people. I helped the world. I helped the planet. I helped animals. I helped older people. What do you guys do that you might be able to invite these kids? Maybe what you do is too complicated. Maybe it's too set and it's small groups only. So if you serve older people, what about having a bunch of kids make cards for them? Birthday cards, holiday cards. So for every holiday at a convalescent home, every resident would get a card. A St. Patrick's card, Valentine's, Easter, Arbor Day, whatever it is. And you just have all the holidays and they get to make these cards. Wow. What if they can't go to the shelter to help with the animals? Could they make blankets for the animals? Could they do a food drive for the animals or get donations or something as a group? Maybe do a lemonade stand. You know, they still work actually. Lemonade stand, car wash, anything that they could raise the money and put on their signage. This goes directly to help and whoever your organization is. Can you go speak to those groups of kids and tell them about what you do? So they will be so happy to help you. Each year, many schools across the country require community service. and volunteerism is supposed to come from the heart and stuff, but, oh, you must do volunteerism. Well, sometimes that's what it takes to get kids kick-started. And sometimes they're desperate, though, depending on when their hours are due and what the weather is like by them. Right now in Trumbull area, Trumbull, Connecticut, (laughs) it's a little cold there right now, their kids are making blankets at one of the schools. One of our chapter leaders, Jean Magliolio, she has been making blankets at that school for many years. And so the kids, as part of their civic class, are learning to make blankets and to give back and to learn about where their blankets would go, why it matters, the things that that organization needs in addition to blankets. You know, what are the hurdles that they always have to run up against? Where do they need funding to have an understanding of what goes into serving people that need help? Is there something that kids can do for you in a classroom, classroom setting? Can they do it at home with their families? Doesn't it can be making scarves for the homeless, scarves and hats. You can do those out of fleece too. they are patterns on how to do all this stuff without having to know how to sew. Cute, really warm hats are easy to make, scarves, easy to make. I mean, we're lucky. Kids can make blankets and scarves and hats for kids from anywhere with their friends. There's still time to get this done this year or plan for next year. But it's a great winter project to put your thinking cap on. How can you get the word out? Maybe you can't go speak. Maybe there's a meeting you could pop in on Zoom. Maybe the regional offices. Maybe it's a business organization. I've had several business organizations that want to do something for their chapter members, for their national members, to pull together in each region. So they had small gatherings of their members that would make blankets. And then they would find a shelter by them to deliver to so they could be a bigger part of their own communities, but part of a bigger mission. What can you do? Think of something that you can offer to people as a volunteer project, and then put it on your website. Spell it out for them, make it easy. We have a whole thing on Binkathons on our blanket making events. Step by step, how to do it, how to prepare for it, how to get sponsors, how to get volunteers, how to get donations. Make it easy for people. And they'll say it and go, I can do that. We can do that. We will help. If you have any questions about events like this or want to noodle ideas, let me know. You can find me, S. Finch, at Binky Patrol, B-I-N-K-Y-P-A-T-R-O-L.org. Find us on our website, binkypatrol.org. Subscribe to all of our episodes, binkypatrol.show, or your favorite podcast venue. Thank you for listening. I hope these ideas helped, and I hope you get more volunteers. I would love to hear about your event once you've put it together. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is sponsored by Impact for Good at impact the 4 good.com. Impact for Good is the one source for bringing community service to your next event, Exciting and engaging team-building activities are just part of what they offer. Let them identify the best cause or beneficiary to support, manage the donation logistics, and bring the spirit of community service to your group. From your initial request through the day of your event, Impact for Good handles all the details. Be sure to visit them at impact4good.com. That's impact for Good.